more like body farts. Oh. I'm Jeff. I'm Kia. And I'm Craig. And, and we, we just, just watched Body Parts. You put a killer's arm on my body and you didn't tell me. It will grab you. Crafting on of limbs was only the beginning. It will scare you to pieces. Body Parts. We're making history. Starts Friday, August 2nd at theaters everywhere. It's true. This was a viewer request. This is someone that slipped into our Facebook. This was the, the first of a series of viewer requests. I'm going to do this all year long. And uh, we got together here at Half-Assed Horrorcast headquarters and watched it together. We literally just screened the film. And now we're raring and ready. Kia, yes. give us a brief synopsis of Body Parts from the back of the Blu-ray. Bill Krushink is a criminal psychologist who loses his arm and nearly his life in a grisly car accident. A daring medical operation follows in which a donor's arm is successfully grafted onto Bill's body. But after the operation, the arm starts to take on a violent life of its own, striking out against Bill's wife and children. Consumed by fears about his dangerous behavior, Bill is driven to learn the donor's identity. He makes a horrifying discovery that delivers him into a world of unimaginable terror. Written and directed by Eric Red, who, it also says, wrote The Hitcher and Near Dark. I didn't know that. That's pretty cool. He wrote Near Dark? That's what it says, the writer of The Hitcher and Near Dark. Oh, wow. Yeah. I never would have made that connection. <laughs> So th this is why I, I stumbled a little bit. The re the person that requested this wants to go by Kiko Zeff is their handle. So Kiko okay. Zeff, thank you for gifting us with this idea for body parts. This is from like 1991-ish, right? Mm -hmm. The year punk broke. It's, it, it's funny <laughs> because uh, it seems very 80s, even though it is 1991, and it specifically takes place there. Um, the fashion choices, our lead, yeah. uh, Jeff Fahey, he wears a lot of turtlenecks and pleated <laughs> pants and just... Uh, it's practically the 80s, right? It yeah. was probably filmed in 1990. Yeah, pretty close. So Very baggy turtlenecks yeah like <laughs> and the yeah. turtlenecks were, yeah oh yeah like how like the cuff or the collar was very baggy yeah well just even like the sleeves are just like <laughs> looks like you could fit about four arms in your <laughs> sleeve he's very snug it's you know just comfortable he's like a psychology professor yeah. i guess that's what psychology professors or professors in general wear or what we think they wear big sweaters mm. and yeah it's funny because I thought I had seen this, but I'm pretty sure I'd only seen like previews for it or something because it all seemed new to me. And what I thought this was about, it totally wasn't. What did you think it was about? Well, I mean, minor spoilers if you haven't seen this film. It's available on Prime Video to rent and stuff like that if you want to check it out. But uh, I thought it was going to be, you know, this man is, has a body part grafted onto him from a nefarious person. And it starts to influence him, and he becomes 
a full-fledged killer or whatever. It seemed to be kind of going that way, but it takes a totally different turn in the last, you know, 15 minutes or so in the movie. So I, I was... That kind of uplifted it a little bit for me because it becomes like bonkers those last 15 minutes or so. It's pretty out there. Yeah. I went into it blind, so I, I didn't know what it was about. Mm. How about you, Jeff? Had you even heard of this one? Uh, no, but I watched the trailer the other day mm. before, like, I think you, we were texting about when we were going to meet to do this. And I was like, I should see what this movie's about. Yeah. <laughs> and I think like from the trailer that I saw it, I got the same impression that you did mm. that it was like he was he becomes a killer too or something but Right. But yeah, he gets this uh arm from a a guy who was a serial killer. Yeah. And then apparently they took the rest of his body parts and grafted them onto other people. Right. It, be, it be, as the movie goes along, it's not just Jeff Fahey but Brad Dourif and and another character who received legs. And they become kind of like this weird, it's almost like support group of yeah. guys that, that, you know, got these body parts and it maybe changed their lives and that sort of thing. And Jeff Fahey seems to be the only one who has a problem with it. The other guys seem like they're pretty all right with it. Mm -hmm. Like Brad Dourif's like, I'm doing the best paintings of my life. And the yeah. other guy's like, I can play basketball now. <laughs> and like, you know, huh. run fast. I don't know. Yeah. The, the arm that Jeff Fahey got, it was his right arm? I think so. I wonder if that means like the killer was right-handed. Mm. Like if he killed people with the right hand and that was, was making Jeff Fahey do evil things and I don't well, know. If he's left, but the Brad Dourif was painting with his left with hand. His left out. hand. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. maybe. And oh, there you <laughs> go. Um, but the other thing too is we thought it was kind of strange uh, in the beginning or towards the beginning of the film is when Jeff Fahey actually gets the surgery. He is literally in the same room as the death row inmate that gets executed or, or yeah, whatever gets taken apart. And uh, he's literally there when uh, the killer gets his head chopped off by the yeah. surgeons. So maybe that had something to do with it. The fact that like Jeff Fahey was in the literal room while he was taken apart and everything. So maybe he yeah. absorbs the brunt of whatever this, you know, kind of esoteric thing is that takes over his body a little bit. Yeah, that was a weird mm. thing to me. I thought like, oh, this must be like some guy who died on death row or something. And mm. now they, but like, they literally just like cut this guy's head off. The blood goes splattering all yeah. over the doctor. It was like, <laughs> I, and I was making a joke like, oh, like all the blood's going to splatter on her. And then it literally did. And I was like, oh, I was joking. So I didn't think they'd actually do that. That means he was still alive then, huh? Yeah, because then, like, spoiler, later in the movie, like, his head has, like, been sewn onto some other body. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Well, I think, uh, I mean, we might as well just admit we're going to jump all around because the, yeah. the, the best parts of this movie are in the end. I mean, the rest yeah. of it's pretty slow paced and not even, it kind of surprised me that it was, like, yeah. pretty buttoned down. But the, those last 20 minutes or 15 minutes were crazy. But, yeah, like... I can only assume that the scientist, this lady that's performing these experiments in the beginning planned, like, we have total access to this guy. He has no family. He's on death row. We're, we're just going to see if it's possible to take off his head and put it on a body, like another body, just to see if I can do it. Because she seems to be, towards the end of the movie, pretty defensive of the idea that, I mean, this is a huge medical marvel that, I, that I'm capable of doing this, even if it is really reprehensible that yeah. uh, you know who knows where they got his body from too by the way i mean yeah. we didn't even get into well, that the guards were there yeah in the surgery so the guards might have just given he might not have had family or anyone to claim the body 
Yeah. So. Well, where did the body come from that they sewed his head onto? That's what that's what I was yeah, trying like, to say. Yeah. Oh. Oh, maybe he was willing. Maybe he had like brain cancer or something. Uh, some but guy just know. was like, "Yes, take my yeah." Could be. You never know. You never know. Uh, I mean, it's, it's probably a little too much to get into yeah. the. Also, you know. a weird choice to be like, "Let's save this serial killer's head. Let's make sh- let's let's try to keep him alive." Mm. <laughs> well, they thought that none of that would matter, right? They didn't think that any negative like emotion or like any part of the serial killer would actually transfer. But maybe, but the, from his head though. Like, yeah, it's still his brain and stuff. Yeah, it seems like the head would be the one thing you'd think. be like, why don't we not keep this guy's head alive? Well, <laughs> you, but you don't know until you try. <laughs> but, but even if you keep his head alive, maybe like keep him under lock and key. Because apparently he was just able to roam around and do whatever the hell he wanted, I, I guess. Um, roam- I feel like there's like a, a, a second part to this movie that we didn't see where it's like... <laughs> what's going on from the killer's perspective where he's like he wakes up and his head is just like oh uh, what's going on and then he has to go find all his body parts right <laughs> oh my arm's on that guy i gotta go get it and when it's revealed that he is the one going around taking all the body parts back from the, the recipients and the doctor discovers him she just she's just like yes i understand and like puts a blanket around him like there's never like a moment where she's like what have i done or anything yeah. she just rolls with it she's uh, like I guess then he's kind of like Frankenstein's monster, right? The uh, the killer. Yeah, Cause she's gonna like literally sew him back together and everything. I guess that was. I guess she was gonna do that just to see if she could she was, again. Something she, was. That's what it looked like. That's what I thought. Yeah, because because at the end, after he's collected all the body parts, they're revealed to be back in the lab, living still. Like he, she has yeah. it all set up again yeah. to, I guess, regraft them together. I don't know. I don't know what the plan was. And he's the 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 guy with the head comes in and knocks out Jeff Fahey's character. Mm. So I think they were all in cahoots together. Hmm. Yeah, it seems strange that they would pick. Like, see, in my mind, I'm thinking like they picked this serial killer to do this with because like they were going to execute him anyway. Like, mm. why try to save him in the end of the movie? It mm. seems like a... I mean, obviously, like, this... Even just, like, you put his body parts on other people, it causes mayhem. It's just like, why don't we just let this guy go? But she wasn't <laughs> thinking... The doctor wasn't thinking about the mayhem. She was just thinking, look what I've done. Well, yeah, because, I mean... I'm amazing. Jeff, Jeff Fahey's character goes to her and literally says, you know, I'm having all these problems, and, you know, like, I'm having nightmares and murderous tendencies and everything there's something more to this and she blatantly says like the leaps we're making medically outweigh any damage we're doing psychologically to you or someone else i guess so um, but you 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 i guess you could hazard a guess that if this sort of thing happens repeatedly Mm -hmm. if you get like the worst traits of whoever you're getting the transplants from that might be an issue too i don't know (laughs) and i also kept thinking like Mm -hmm. Why is this the only doctor he's going to? Like, surely there's another <laughs> doctor who will amputate his arm for him. Like, I would think amputation would be a relatively easy yeah. procedure. Yeah. Just go to some other surgeon and be like, hey, I'm having troubles with this arm. The original doctor won't take it off. Will you please amputate this know. and give me a prosthetic arm? Maybe he could go to like a questionable surgeon. I just wonder mm. if like a legitimate surgeon would be like, yeah, sure. Well, without also- like actual proof of something in fairness to the story i guess uh, he is a high profile person like the news did stories on him getting this tr- this arm transplant because this is the early 90s i mean i don't think anything like that was even on the table back then 
So I, I guess someone in the medical community that's legit would be like, oh, hey, listen, I don't want to like, I'm not going to cross paths with uh, this medical marvel or whatever. But I don't know. then again, if you saw the guy was really horribly disturbed, I mean. Yeah, I was going to say it's like, it's his body. Like he should be able to be like, hey, this is not my arm. I don't want this. I didn't, he, I didn't give my consent to do this Exactly. He didn't place. even agree to it. I forgot about that. He didn't agree to it. His wife is the one that signed off on it when he was uh, still knocked out. I just can't imagine going into a doctor and being like, this arm is making me strangle my wife and hit my kids. Can you take it off? And a doctor being like, yeah, absolutely. Well, maybe, yeah, it would suck because the, the doctor, I guess, if they were legit, would be like, you need a, a mental a psychi- mal- yeah, a psychiatric <laughs> evaluation. And then you would fail that horribly because, I mean, there's no precedent for it at I'm all. I'm sure you could so. definitely go to a quack doctor and get it done. Maybe like do some Googling and find out, like, <laughs> what, are, what are the requirements to get a piece of your body amputated? Like, does it have to be... Uh, Google wasn't a thing back then. Or even now. Like, just can you do us, that? Can you just, just so go to know. a doctor and be like, hey, my foot's bothering me. Can you just cut it off? <laughs> will, will the doctor be like, um, is that really what you want? Like, if you want it, I'll do it. But I, I remember way back in the day, uh, Marilyn Manson, when he was saying controversial things early in his career or whatever, claimed that at some point he was going to have limbs amputated. Like, because it was just like an aesthetic thing that he wanted to do to himself. And, you know, and I was young enough where I was like, wow, that's crazy. You know, I didn't like recognize it just for the bullshit that it was. But well, people do all kinds of weird cosmetic things to their bodies, like make themselves look like a cat or whatever. Absolutely. So it's like. I this feel like part, you should be able to get this question cut was off. was asked online where someone says if I walk into a hospital and ask for my leg to be amputated, what would happen? And someone says it depends on the circumstances. If you hobbled in with a gangrenous limb dangling by the tendons, blah 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 blah, all this stuff would happen. So that's what I'm. I'm just saying. I, I think they would amputate if they do their own research and find stuff out. I don't think they would just be like absolutely. They're like no putting them under before they yeah. even like, yeah. <laughs> no <It's> questions like... <laughs> asked. I feel like there's got to be somebody who would, he'd be like, since I got this arm, I've been strangling my wife. I hit my kid and, uh, you know, it's just turning me into a real jerk. So, mm. could, you know, I feel like, I don't know. I, I mean, that would be, that would be hard to convince somebody though, that the arm is the problem. But I think like, a quack doctor would. I would be like, yeah, yeah. under the table, you pay me. You gotta go to the doctor. You have to go to doctor the doctor that like did the cosmetic surgery on the Joker yeah. in like, 1989. <laughs> yeah, like what's that guy? Yeah, is, is it Doctor Steve or whatever the doctor from Simpsons? Oh, like, yeah, yeah, the guy. <laughs> I forgot his Dr. name. Doctor Nick. That's yeah, Doctor Nick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no. I'll catch your arm up for twenty dollars. <laughs> I think uh, the uh, the car accident too was pretty epic because it just. Uh, it's it's one of those things. It's almost like Final Destination style, where yeah. Jeffy he's driving on a very busy highway or interstate or whatever. He notices a car's wheel is wobbling, and he's like, "Oh, this this car oh, is gonna." Was, there's like three car ex- three. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I got And he's like, "You know, this this car is gonna have an accident. I need to kind of back off." And he manages to totally avoid mm-hmm. an accident. Like he sees the car kind of yeah. mess up, and he stops on the freeway. And then he is just rear-ended by, uh, like, a, I guess, a diesel truck, whatever you want to call it. And uh, he's not wearing a seatbelt, so he is ejected from his car, projectile style, and just, I like, slams. He into... I guess it does make sense. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's like the most smart. epic rear-ending of all time. <laughs> like, he just... 
It, it like snaps the car in half. Yeah. His body goes flying through the windshield. Well, that's his fault. He's supposed to be this smart doctor professor. He's not wearing a seatbelt. I didn't think to rewind the the footage. He may have been wearing a seatbelt and it just like snapped because it was like so outrageously yeah. violent. But it seemed like he wasn't wearing one because he just yeah, he, he supermans it. I mean, he just flies yeah. through the front. <laughs> And uh, it's pretty amazing that the only problem was the only thing that was hurt on him was his arm. Yeah. <laughs> and all of that. It's like, man. It seems like he would have like disfiguring, you know, issues and stuff. Like he, would, he wouldn't just look like a regular dude after that. But mm. also, why did his, why could they not ask his, why can't they ask him for consent? I, I think he. I think it was so soon after the accident, he was still like in and out of it. It had to like happen immediately. This has to be like, uh, for whatever reason they wanted to do it right away, and which should have given the wife pause to be like, what? What's happening? But if you hear your spouse is like fault. has lost their arm and they have a surgery that can like replace it immediately, but you have to sign up. I don't know. I don't know. Like ten armed police officers. And a priest <laughs> walked by her while she was waiting for the surgery to be done. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like the the serial killer that they harvest from, that they get the limbs from, and everything, he's not just like I killed five people. He, he killed like when they eventually show, yeah, they show his rap sheet. It's like oh, it's twenty people he's killed. I mean, that's like <laughs> upper tier, especially in that era, a serial killer, a mass murderer, basically. <laughs> They're like, yeah, sure, it's no problem. Just, <laughs> just harvesting from this dude, why not? I mean, you would think the police, the Department of Corrections, or whoever had him, would be like, we're destroying this body in a fire. Like, we don't want, you know, we have other inmates that you can use if they mm -hmm. die, but not this one. You would think she but. definitely. The surgeon must have had some political power of some sort because she definitely had. Well, yeah, they did say something about that. Uh, she had like access to the clinic in a way that I think was pretty unrealistic. I mean, she had like a whole weird mad scientist lab in there with like hanging body parts, and so, so I guess we have to kind of just take the idea that she could probably manipulate, mm -hmm. you know, whoever she needed to to get these, you know, yeah. candidates or whatever. Um, what I thought was something that was kind of weird too is Brad Dorif is in this, and usually he is just like swinging for the fences, and he still kind of does. But uh, as soon as I saw his name, I was like, oh, he's gonna be like, he's gonna be unhinged at some point. At some point, yeah. he's gonna be doing something, or he's gonna be, you know. But he he plays it straight. He's it's it's a rare movie where he gets to kind of play. He's a little eccentric and funny and everything, yeah. but he's more or less just like a guy. He's just an artist. And he's basically trying to speak sense. He's he's basically like you know, we, we we benefited big time from this. Don't you know? Don't rock the boat. I mean, he's yeah. he's that type of character. I thought he was really good. Mm -hmm. I liked him um, when he first shows up in his artist studio or wherever. I guess I'm not. I, I guess I haven't seen him in other movies. Mm. I guess I just know him as being the voice of Chucky. Um, so I was pretty surprised at how good he was. Mm -hmm. It's like he's a really good actor. Yeah. And I also thought... You um, should see uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Mm -hmm. Oh, is he in that? Oh, yeah. I've never seen <laughs> great that. great in that. Oh. And um, the, at the beginning of the movie, Jeff Fahey's character is like uh, counseling an inmate. Mm -hmm. And I thought that guy was really good. Yeah. <laughs> I, he was I, pretty intense. Yeah. I was like, I really like this guy. I want to mm -hmm. see more of him, but then we don't anymore. That's the other thing we, we noticed when we watched the movie when he like, he's interviewing that guy after he gets the arm and he sees the tattoo... 
the the inmate guy that he's interviewing starts just loses his mind and is mm. freaking out. He's like, "Get him away from me!" He's just <laughs> like, "Dude, you have the same tattoo. Like, yeah. you're a killer too. Like, why are you so freaked out?" Yeah, it's by like this? If, a if, tattoo that's unique to to death row inmates in his yeah. prison for some yeah. reason freaks him out when yeah. he probably sees it all the time. He's on death row, so he should be like, "Oh, that's weird. I wonder." Uh... If I knew the guy this arm came from, right? like it, 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 his reaction was very um, unexpected. And like he knew that his psychiatrist had that transplant. He like yeah. he mentioned that. Oh, I saw you in the news. So like he should have known that that was just from some. You know what I mean? Like it's he had a very odd reaction. But yeah. I mean, I guess not. Not to. I mean, he was being profiled by a psychologist, so maybe he had some issues. Yeah. But uh, back to Brad Dorf real quick, like. To me, the you know, the best part of the entire movie was when the killer comes to get his arm back from him. It's so hilarious, but I, I'm, I'm assuming unintentionally hilarious. But you know, pushes him out the window and he's like hanging there, and then the the killer just grabs his arm and yanks it off. <laughs> it's like, man, that arm was not on there he very pulls well. It, like slowly off too. Yeah. It seem it's like it was held on with a shoelace or something. <laughs> It's all just meaty and, uh, you know, viscera just kind of, like, sliding off. Yeah. And because now we have Blu-ray and HD and stuff, like, it's clearly not Brad Dorf that's hanging off that. It's like some stuntman. And then when it his body hits the uh, the cop car below, it's a dummy. It's like a dummy. Where yeah, they, like, very obviously. Yeah. It's almost like a mannequin-style dummy. Yeah. It's, yeah, really poorly done. When they're, um, they all the body part people, so there's a, a guy that got the killers like both of his legs mm-hmm. which sounds like just a horrible surgery period In itself yeah and, yeah and then brad dorf's got his other arm and then jeff he has his other arm and so mm-hmm. they all meet up in a bar and yeah. they're drinking and and um they they cheer they uh, cheers to charles fletcher that's yeah, give the, him a toast yeah that's the killer's name and the leg guy says something like, here's to you, Chuck. And I just wondered, I was like, oh, Chuck? And you sitting next to Chucky? Like, it, is it just me? It was probably it just me? Right, right before. Well, no, there no. have been sequels already, huh? So, yeah, I guess Ch- Chucky was full-fledged. Yeah. Um, mm. Also, during, like, I kept making jokes during the movie, and then mm. it would just come true in the movie. I'm like, oh. <laughs> so, like, they're at the bar, and they're, like, the three of them meet up. And I made a joke, like, oh, we're just waiting for the guy from the from the torso guy to get here <laughs> and then later in the movie you see the torso like hanging there like oh they did oh, okay they i guess they were gonna the torso. some guy got in a wreck and he's like i need a new torso <laughs> it, it's funny because i just wonder in the really real world if that was going on if they would try to save the torso for some poor person that had really bad damage all over their tor- or would they just harvest out all the organs mm-hmm. that's you what know? i was gonna say might, probably maybe just like you know I need a new liver. I need a new heart. Whatever. Mm. You know. But I need a new mm. butt. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that would be impossible to implant a torso. I mean, that would be. Also, well, it would essentially be a head <laughs> transplant. But I mean, I I don't know. Yeah, once you've already gotten rid of the arms and legs, how much use it would but really be. But you'd have be. to like attach the torso to the legs to all that stuff down there. And then yeah, you're talking a lot more work. There. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> It's like the the same surgery they did for the other three guys times like five. Yeah, <laughs> maybe she was holding on to it literally just to see if she could put it all back just together, just as an experiment. Because she seemed to be in that headspace of just like, mm. how many ways can I like work this out and then prove to everyone like how amazing I am, basically. She's like, I can switch body parts like they're action figures. Mm. It's like, 
definitely. I feel like we've hit all like the really major set pieces. Yeah. We we didn't I haven't mentioned I don't know if we want to on the podcast proper, but the uh, the detective because we did oh, kind of yeah. have a few jokes about him just because like he almost looked like. I mean, he was an older guy, and and I recognize him a little bit. I feel like I've seen him somewhere else. So he's like a legit actor, but something about his demeanor—he almost looked like a kid dressing up, like because I think they they dressed him too much like a detective from yeah. old timey movies. So he's wearing like a fedora, and, and it seemed almost like a trench coat esque coat, you know, that yeah. made him look almost like a PI or something. He was in the Serpent and the Rainbow. Have you seen that? I have, but it's been a long, 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 long time. A rage in Harlem, vampire in Brooklyn. Mm. We probably definitely seen him. Yeah, Yeah. outbreak. He's been in some mainstream things. hmm. Yeah, I was saying like what, like during one scene, I was like, it looks like they probably just went to him and they were like, all right, we're gonna cast you as the detective. Like we can't afford wardrobe, so just like wear whatever (laughs) you have at home that like you think a detective would wear. And he's like, I have a fedora and I have the coat that looks kind of like a coat that a a detective would wear. It's cracky. I'm doing the wrong accent. I don't remember what it is. It was actually pretty close. I mean, because he has a very strong accent and they never acknowledge it. Like there's not even a line of dialogue of like, back in my home country, we see things like this from time to time. There's nothing like that. He's just, they just let him go. And uh, I mean, He's in a, like, maybe they're in a big city. Oh, for sure. No, no. Yeah, Yeah, no, there absolutely could be an immigrant detective. I mean, that's not really, (laughs) but it was just kind of odd with the, I think the wardrobe combination with the accent just made it kind of like, he felt out of place a little bit. Yeah, it seemed like a character from another movie wandered in and he was just like, hey, I'm in this movie now. His delivery of lines was weird sometimes. Yeah. And like Jeff put it out, sometimes his, uh, when he finally spoke, there was too long of a gap. So it kind of seemed weird sometimes. It almost but felt like he was searching for the right word or something. He's like trying to remember his line. Like yeah. uh, maybe somebody off camera was just like, "We're going to the precinct. <laughs> we are going to the precinct." <laughs> or, you know. Maybe, uh, maybe he just has kind of like a stereotypical like Christopher Walken esque oh. delivery, and we just don't know because we're not super familiar with his work. <laughs> yeah, um, it's funny too because he never takes off that fedora. Yeah. Like, there's never a moment where he, you know, he, like, yeah. plays with the hat or just, you know, shows him. It's just always, no matter what the circumstance, he's wearing it. Oh, and mm-hmm. then when uh, Jeff Fahey steals his cop car, <laughs> he puts up no protest whatsoever. He's not like, hey, come back here. And he just stands there. He's like, well, the guy took my car. <laughs> <laughs> I might have some problems explaining this, but. Uh... I wish Uber was around. I could get an Uber home. But, yeah, I mean. The the last half is bonkers with with this head transplant serial killer going around uh, gathering the parts and showing down with uh, Jeff Fahey and there's a kind of a nice car sequence at the end where he's handcuffed uh, yeah. himself to Jeff Fahey and they're you know hanging on to each other as they're driving through a pretty uh, traffic ridden I guess it's Chicago is the city it's kind of tough to tell I I would. My guess is it's somewhere, probably like in Vancouver or something, because mm. the, the kid who plays Jeff Fahey's kid in the movie was on Are You Afraid of the Dark, which is a Canadian kid's oh. show. Oh. Good call. It's Good call. those pieces together. I like it. I like it. And that was the era when that really picked up, because like X-Files and stuff like that around oh, the same yeah. time was like infamously shot in Canada. Or I should say famously, because we love our Canadian friends. I'm sorry. I do, on the cover, it says... 
Where does evil live? The heart, the mind, or the flesh? And I was just wondering, oh, if because um, the guy that had the head transplant, since he was the one that was going around actually killing people to collect mm -hmm. body parts, if that's supposed to answer the question that evil lives in the mind. Yeah, I'd say so. I'd say so. And then, you know, Jeff he notes, that his character notes that once the serial killer is officially dead, all those things uh, leave him. He goes back to yeah. normal or whatever. So it's just the fact that he's still active, I guess, is what's influencing him. He can go back to sitting in silence at the park with his wife. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice, awkward credit sequence of a couple sitting in silence. Yeah. Jeff, kick it off. What you given body parts? Um, C minus. C minus? Oh. Kia. I liked it. I thought the acting was... Most of the acting was good. I liked. Um, it kind of kept us guessing. Like, we didn't know where it was going to go. And when people mm. started dying, I didn't understand what was happening. So I think it was a good, solid B movie. So I'll give it mm. a B. Yeah, I, I largely agree with you guys. I, I do think the last bit really elevates it a lot for me. Yeah. I mean, if, if it didn't punch out that way, I would I would be a lot harder on this movie. Because the pacing is kind of slow. Um, it's so melodramatic sometimes it's kind of tough to know if they're being tongue in cheek occasionally, you know, but I don't think they were, I think it was supposed to be very serious. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, yes. <laughs> There's, I'm oh, sorry. Yeah. There's a part of the film where, um, his, <laughs> his son jumps on him, the wrestling. Yeah. And then, um, Jeff Fahey uses that arm and knocks the kid. Yeah. He gets like, he gets angry and smacks and the kid. Yeah. The wife gets upset and the kids come in. The daughter comes in. And I think it's the daughter. It's like, what's wrong with daddy? <laughs> and um, Craig was like, what was he wearing? Because yeah. he just has this ridiculous turtleneck shirt. Yeah. he, he was really funny to me. The, that's another thing that elevates the movie is the uh, wardrobe choices. <laughs> it's it's very time capsule-esque. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll give it a, a solid C+. Plus. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of so where we're... Average yeah, C+, plus, I guess. It's, it's average. It has its moments. Uh you could do worse in a group setting, especially if you don't mind talking through it and stuff like that. I mean, if you had to watch this in absolute mm -hmm. silence, like it's a very serious movie, it might be a tough one to, to stomach. So, yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> I think I think Kia liked it a little more than we did. I liked it. I wish Brad Dorf was in there more because I really liked him. I thought he was really good. He was mm. fun to watch, and then you can't help but be like, he sounds like Chucky right there. Mm. <laughs> You know. It was a cool part for him yeah. too. Like he he got to be like fun and a little wisecracky instead of like extremely over the top intense. Because I, I think of him as like you know Exorcist three and Chucky obviously, and he was in Alien Resurrection as like a mad scientist type character. I feel like that's kind of his wheelhouse for me. Just what little I've seen him in. Um, so it was cool seeing him play a little more straight. Yeah. So thank you guys for this first listener choice. Body parts. I'm Jeff. I'm Kia. And I'm Craig. And, and we, we just, just reviewed Body Parts. It is time once again for. Okay, uh, we're going to do a little half ass forecast trivia. This is just going to be sourced directly from the Trivial Pursuit uh, Horror Edition. 
and I'm just gonna go straight into cards. You guys are gonna just have to chime in and guess. There's no multiple choice answers or anything like that, okay? Let's do it. Everyone ready? Who directed Eraserhead? Jeff. Yes. That guy who talks like this. I just had a brain <laughs> fart. Yeah, you got uh, it. Yeah. Twin Peaks guy. Yeah. Uh, Everybody's like screaming right now. Yeah, especially because you, you have it. Yeah, because I know, know who it is yeah. and I'm just drawing a blank. I don't know why I'm, I can't. We need a timer on this. Yeah, no. <laughs> I think I'm, I think I blew it. Kia, do you have a guess? I do. Yes. David Lynch? Yes. You are correct. If you had not said the Twin Peaks guy, <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't have known anything. <laughs> okay, next question. In It Follows, the lead character, Jamie J. Height, is played by what actress? Kia. Yes. Maika Monroe. I'll give it to you because I don't know how to pronounce it. Mm -hmm. Mayaka Monroe. Mayaka Monroe. Okay. In The Omen, 1976, what is the shape of the birthmark possessed by the Antichrist? You guys, you don't have a guy? Oh, you guys should know this. I've never seen it, so I wouldn't know this. Especially Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff. Yes. Uh, upside down cross? Not bad. Good oh. guess. Incorrect. A pitchfork. <laughs> oh, incorrect. It's the 666, remember? Uh, I think uh, it was that lightning. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, that's obvious. It's the, yeah, Duh. three sixes. It's, it's in his hair. like in his hair, yeah. Stupid, stupid, so, stupid. Very famous Sarah Live sketch with Jim or John Belushi. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, what footloose 1984 actor? was also in Friday the 13th. Jeff. Yes, Jeff. Kevin Bacon. That is correct. Damn it. The vengeful spirit in Juhan has what color hair? Kia. Yes. I guess it's black. That is correct. Okay. <laughs> Trivial yeah. pursuit. Good guess. In effect. How many questions is that? Do you have any idea? Uh, no. So we're already at seven at least, right? Seven. seven points. Anyway. Oh, gotcha. No, okay, well, let's do a few more. We have to... um, protagonist Graham Hess in Signs is which of the following? Doctor, lawyer, priest, Kia. or former? Yes. Priest. That is correct. I think that was like question five. Okay. In the Saw series, what type of physician is Doctor Lawrence Gordon? Lawrence Gordon. I don't have any idea what this is. I'm not familiar with the Saw movies. Uh, Kia. Yes. Heart surgeon. Incorrect. Body part surgeon. Ooh. No. <laughs> uh, brain surgeon. Incorrect. It's oncologist. Oh. Oh. Yeah, guys. In Get Out, what is the name of the place where the consciousness of protagonist Chris Washington is trapped during hypnosis? No. I get it confused with the Stranger Things. Uh, Jeff. Oh. Yes. Is it the deep place? Ooh, incorrect. Um, it's been a while since I've seen it. The, the down place. Incorrect. I Is it like the sunken place? Oh, you are correct. Place. The sunken place. I keep thinking it's upside down, but that's Stranger Things. The sunken place. In the ring, 
what must be done to the sinister videotape in order to survive after viewing it. Destroy it or make a copy? Oh, Tia. Oh. Yes. Sorry. Make a, Go. Co make a copy. That is correct. What actor did not return for the sequel to The Silence of the Lambs? Hannibal. Anthony Hopkins oh. or Jodie Foster? Jeff. Yes. Oh. Jodie Foster. That is correct. Juliana Moore played Clarice in the sequel. At the start of A Tale of Two Sisters. What the fuck is A Tale of Two Sisters? And what type of facility <laughs> is Sumi being interrogated? Kia. Yes. A psychiatric facility. I'll give it to you. It says mental institution. <laughs> Does anyone know what A Tale of Two Sisters is? It's, it's a foreign film. Oh. Highly regarded in horror circles. Sorry. Jeff and I have seen it many times. Really? 30 Days of Night was based on the graphic novel of the same name by what author? Jeff. Yes. Brian K. Vaughn? Ooh, incorrect. Uh, I was thinking um, comic book writers. Um, Alex. No, Alan Moore. Incorrect. Stephen Isles. I'm going to jump around a little bit here. Who directed Martin from 1978? Martin. Martin. <laughs> <laughs> Kia. Yes. Dudley Moore. Incorrect. That's not even the right actor, is it? Is he even in Martin? No. What is Martin? I don't know what Martin is. It's a kind of pseudo-vampire movie from the late 70s. Is this that the is one horror. by George Romero? That is correct. Oh. I got one. I've never heard of that. I said Dudley Moore. <laughs> what Harry Potter franchise alum portrayed Arthur Kipp, or Kipps, excuse me, in The Woman in Black? Daniel, I mean, shit, Kia. <laughs> Daniel Radcliffe. That is correct. <laughs> He's also playing Weird Al in the Weird Al biopic. <laughs> I saw that. I saw some of the pictures of him. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> we can discuss later. <laughs> Who directed Hush? <laughs> I know it. I don't. You guys are going to be Wait, can a little I... upset with yourselves, especially Kia. Kia. Yes. Jimmy. No, different hush. Oh, I know it. All right. It's the guy that did the haunting and all that stuff. You just don't remember his name? I don't. If it's, there's an M in there somewhere. Yeah. Mike Flanagan. Oh, yes. Right. Let's close it out. Let's be the last question. In... Let me in. Owen and Abby communicate through the wall using what method? Jeff. Yes. Is it um, Morse code? That is correct. Oh. All right. I'm going to call it. What's the final score? Jeff 7, Kia 13. Ooh. Whoa. Demolished. Spike in that ball. Congratulations, Kia. Thank you. I always I do better with these questions than your trivia. Your trivia yeah, is hard. <laughs> my trivia questions are a little weirder, I guess. These are straightforward, so <laughs> Hey, this is Jason Marsden. I'm here on the half-assed horrorcast. You know what's not half-assed? Uh, Jeff and Craig. They're not half-assed at all. They got all their information here. Appreciate them for having me. Well, Dash, you have anything you want to say? Oh yeah.
Yeah, Jason, get, get, step, step aside. See, I, I think, uh, I think uh, Jeff and Craig are pretty weird, but you know, I think I'd rather them be weird than dead. Anyone want a, uh, a black cow with the world of stuff? Follow me. We like to end every episode of the Half-Ass Horrorcast with a segment entitled What's Making Us Scared, where the Half-Ass Horrorcast crew j- treats you to delights of the horror world or things in their lives. It really, this is what we want to talk about <laughs> at the end of the show. Kia, you're on the chopping block. Hiya. Oh, gosh. Um, I, don't, I don't know. I guess I have two things. Oh, yeah. One is something I'm looking forward to, and that's um, I, obviously I read the Buffy the Vampire Slayer comics. I've mentioned it, and it seems like it's ending, but it's also continuing with Boom because they're doing another series just called The Vampire Slayer, which takes place in the universe mm. of Buffy. And they're also doing another Angel, which another Angel comic, which is cool. So... If anyone's interested in that, it's still ongoing, which is exciting. This has been a show and a comic book series, or a show, or a universe that's been going on continuously since, like, I don't know, 19... When did it start? 96, 97? The show, 97, yeah. yeah. And it's still going. Hmm. This was when I was in high school, and I'm now 40, and it's still going, and it's still always something new, and it's just been really cool just to see it continue. So, yeah, so that's good for people that are fans of Buffy. Yeah, it's become like a comic franchise on its yeah. own. Like it doesn't really even need the show anymore to kind yeah. of do its own thing. It's pretty cool. And the other thing is, I don't want to spoil anything, but we saw Scream 5 the other day. Mm-hmm. And I, li- I liked it. I like I like all the Scream movies. Um, yeah. Even the third one, which I think people consider to be the worst. I still like that one. Um, what's making me scared is that they're going to do another one. And I just, <laughs> I just don't know when the, like what's the end game? Is there an end game? It doesn't really make sense. The like, end game is when it doesn't make running? money. It's, like yeah. Sydney's like, I don't know, what, 50? Probably, yeah, late 40s. Yeah. How long is she going to be running for her life? Or is she going to be involved? They said that, I've, I've seen rumors about her being, or she said herself that she was asked to return. And it just seems like it's, I don't know, it just seems weird. I just feel like they should just let it go. Well, it's funny that you mentioned Buffy beforehand, you know, and how it can kind of stand on its own two legs or on two feet rather like I think scream will have to do the same thing at some point where if it's going to continue as a franchise, it probably has to jettison the old characters completely and be its own thing kind of, um, but then it just is, Oh, you go. I have an idea of how they could do a sequel. I was thinking, cause I saw it last night. I watched scream five last night and you know, at the end of every scream movie, whoever the killer is has to, Go into this long thing explaining their their whole plot, what they're gonna like. Here's, I, I'm the killer. This is why I did it. Here's how it's gonna play out. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna kill you and you and you, and I'm gonna pin it on these people. <laughs> but I'm gonna survive. But I'm first gonna hurt myself so it'll look like I was attacked too. And then they always, you know, the plan gets foiled because they spent too long explaining their plan, and then they get killed. So I was thinking like, at the end of a screen movie, while they're doing that. They should just get away with their plan. They should kill everybody that they're going to kill, and then they get away with it, and then the movie ends with them getting away with it. That's The sequel to that one would be somebody's coming after the killer from the previous movie because it's like somebody has figured out that that person is the bad guy from the previous movie. And so like now the, the ghost face killer is kind of a good guy coming after the bad guys. I mean, that's different. 
from you know because every screen movie is has this same basic plot right um but they're still fun like you're fun to watch yeah but they are and the big the fun of the movie to me most of those the most fun part of those movies is the whodunit aspect mm-hmm. like who's the one who's the killer mm-hmm. like last night i was watching it and i was like i bet it's that guy no like <laughs> maybe it's that other no could be this person you know so yeah definitely i mean i think it like the that's definitely the hook kind of of the movies the franchise right you're always yeah. kind of guessing yeah. yeah well and that's scream well, it's just called Scream, Scream, but Scream 5, and it's on demand now. It's only like five or six bucks. So if you want to check it out and you didn't want to go to the theaters, now it's your chance. Hmm. Jeff, what's making you scared? Uh, what's making me scared is the work of Richard Corbin. He's uh, he's an artist. He died, I think, in 2020. <clears throat> um, but he has had some amazing artwork and comic books, but particularly he's done a lot of he did a lot of work for like eerie magazine and i recently so there's this youtube channel i follow called cartoonist kayfabe it's these two comic book artists and they're always like talking about different comics that they like and they'll show the entire book and they'll talk about it and they have a lot of great insight but they feature richard corbin a lot and that's kind of how he came came on my radar and they were showing some kind of book that he had done some artwork he had done for like eerie magazine and I was like, man, this guy's artwork's amazing. I got to see if I can find some. And then I went on Amazon and I bought this book called Shadows on the Grave. <laughs> and it's it's only $17.99, hardcover. And the whole book is just like these little short kind of uh, Tales from the Crypt-esque stories. Um, and just the, guy, the guy's artwork is amazing, so... That's like the main draw for me, but also the stories in it are really fun. They're just like little short horror stories. Yeah. So. so I recommend Shadows on the Grave by Richard Corbin. Nice. Very cool. Um, mine, mine are also very quick. Um, I just wanted to shout out uh, Marco Estes. I've mentioned him on the podcast several times. Longtime listener, friend of ours. And uh, he is writing for Dread Central now. He's pretty high profile writing articles for them and stuff like that. He, he, his latest write-up was, you know, kind of a, a list of recommendations from him and everything. So it's just really cool to see uh, someone that we know uh, kind of level up and everything, kind of awesome. get to do some fun stuff in the horror community. So congratulations, Mark. Yeah, congrats. And uh, our other uh, friend and listener, Dr. Udru. Uh, oh, yeah. He uh, has a new video that dropped a few days ago. And it's about uh, James Cameron, and the idea is um, the film, the classic uh, sci-fi movie, Them, and its influence on the film Aliens, and the similarities between the two. And the larger video essay is about James Cameron, and where does homage end and plagiarism begin? Because he's obviously had a lot of issues with uh, getting sued by, by writers of classic like sci-fi and, and horror and stuff like that, saying, hey, you you stole Tr- Terminator from me. Harlan Ellison famously won a lawsuit um, for against for Terminator, where they had to credit him in the credits and the VHS release are going forward. Um, so it's, it's a pretty cool um, just video essay about that concept, about how James Cameron maybe liberally takes from things, but is that okay? Is it just him being influenced as a kid watching sci-fi TV and movies, or is it a little more 
uh, you know, sinister, I guess, or yeah. thoughtless maybe. Um, and it's kind of up to you to figure it out. Like he, uh, Dr. Uju doesn't make a direct verdict or whatever. He just gives you all the facts and you kind of get to weigh in yourself or whatever. So very cool. Dr. Uju, be sure to follow him on YouTube and social media. So, you know, when his, uh, videos drop, they're always really, really good and well researched. Kia, yes. it's your pick. It is. What's next on the chopping block block? Well, I've been sticking with older movies, and that's mm. what I'm going to continue to do. So from 1962, I'm picking Carnival of Souls. Oh, very cool. And it's on HBO Max. It's on Vudu, which is free, Tubi, mm. which is free, Paramount Plus. So it's available in a lot of places. Well, it's uh, public domain, so it should oh, be so like on YouTube. On YouTube or, <laughs> no. I mean, you could... It said it was on YouTube with a premium subscription. Right, so, right. You know. Have but... you seen it? Nope. Yay! Mm. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, 1962's uh, Carnival of Souls. I will say just oh. if you if you start the movie, there are some really bad overdubbing in the mm. beginning. ADR is pretty rough in that <laughs> just movie. Just stick with it; it gets better. It's it's a very low budget movie from the early <laughs> it's really 60s. Just that so first just part, yeah, just stick with it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Carnival of Souls. Next time, thanks for listening, guys. Thank you, Jeff and Kia, for Thank participating. You. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Half-Assed Horrorcast. You can find us on Instagram at Half-Assed Horrorcast, Facebook at Half-Assed Horror, Twitter at H-A Horrorcast, and you can send us an email at Horrorcast at gmail.com or visit our website, halfassedhorrorcast.com. Horrorcast.com.